welcome to Build Momentum, where we make PR easy for education organizations. We're so glad you're joining us today. We couldn't be more excited to dive in and help education organizations achieve bigger results with PR. In this podcast, our goal is to make PR easy for nonprofits, startups, research institutes, and schools. You can count on learning how to develop simple, replicable PR strategies and how to execute on those strategies. I'm your host, Sarah Williamson, and I've spent the past 15 years working in public relations where I've been able to understand what works and what doesn't when it comes to PR and how to land results that build your credibility. I will share my tips for success and interview others who have done the same to provide you with a PR framework that you can use within your own organizations. If you're looking to increase brand awareness, to enhance your profile and stand out from the crowd, and you want to learn simple, actionable strategies to do it, you're in the right place. If you haven't already, be sure to check out my latest free guide, how to write a killer case study, even if you don't have data. You can find it at casestudy.swpr-group.com. That's casestudy.swpr-group.com. Okay, and on today's episode, we have the opportunity to spend some time with Aaron Jones, who is one of the top equity leaders in the education space. Aaron has been involved in education for 26 years as a volunteer in a public school in North Philly, a substitute and private school teacher in South Bend, Indiana, an ELL, English and French immersion teacher in Tacoma, an instructional coach and AVID teacher in Spokane an assistant state superintendent, and a school district director. She has worked in white communities, black communities, and some of the most diverse communities in the nation. Erin's goal is to inspire students, educators, and organization leaders on how to employ equitable practices to better serve all of us. Erin, thanks so much for joining us today. It's always a delight to connect with you. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. Okay. So let's dive in. So I know I shared your bio with my listeners, but would you be able to also share your passion for growing your own personal brand and how you've been able to build your business? I think that's a really fascinating piece of this conversation I want people to learn about. So I am a storyteller by trade. And I think I was really successful as a teacher because I am great at telling stories. And when I left my classroom, obviously, as a teacher, you don't really need a a brand exactly. Although I would say that my students, my students will tell you even now, students that I had 15 and 20 years ago, I had a brand like I wore heels to school every day, suit and heels, I would play basketball in my suit and heels. Um, Now I have this giant afro. And I wear Nike tennis shoes wherever I go. I think I've always kind of had my own way of being. I'm six feet tall, so I have never been able to hide. And I think I just embraced that in realizing that our brand is really who we are and and how we tell our story. And instead of trying to hide my height and my Afro and all of that, I just embraced that early on in my career. And have decided over time, I ran for state superintendent in Washington State and decided instead of straightening my hair, I was going to run in a pretty white state um, with an Afro because it would really help me stand out. And and what's funny now, years after running, everyone knows me because of my silhouette and because of my, uh, they call it the profile, my, my Afro profile. Um, but I just decided to embrace that and not run from it and, and really 
tell my own story. I think you have to be in charge of your own narrative or other people will tell it. And that is how I see myself and my branding is I am going to tell my own story. I did not have a social media specialist when I ran for office. I made the decision. I am going to post every post myself. I'm going to tell I'm going to be in control of my own story. And I've continued that even beyond running for office. Awesome. That is so inspiring, Erin. I love that. Sweet. I think we all need to take a little piece of advice. Stop being scared about putting ourselves out there because it can pay off in dividends when you do. Correct. Yeah. And I think I think we are afraid sometimes. I mean, I'll just own that I was afraid to wear my hair natural for a long time because I worked in spaces where I was the only black or brown teacher and um, everyone else had straight long hair. And so I wore my hair straight and long. And there was a long time in my life where I didn't want to wear heels because I'm already six feet tall, but I actually like how heels feel. And so I just decided really in my thirties, man, I'm going to stop letting other people tell me who to be. I'm going to embrace who I am. And um, the Afro I started wearing when I was 40, you know, trying to straighten my hair six hours a day, just didn't make sense. And so I said, you know, I'm going to be the me that I was created to be. And that's what I would tell other people, like embrace who you were made to be. If you're five feet tall, embrace that. If you have white blonde hair, embrace that. Stop trying to be somebody that you're not. You can only be your best you when you are actually yourself. Yep. That is so true. So this is no doubt a strange time in life and especially in education where we're supporting learning amidst the pandemic and civil unrest. So I wanted to talk with you about how you're training many education leaders to address these challenges within their own schools and organizations. What are you teaching people and how are you talking with them about this right now? So right now, in terms of branding, it's kind of a perfect question to ask right now, because I have three words that are kind of like my hashtags right now that I've been thinking about and really framing this conversation around how to move through the pandemic, whether it's around equity or just just the uncertainty of everything. And there are three words that I use, humility, humanity, and history. And so really, I believe I try to show up in spaces I don't know at all. So I'm humble enough to know that I may have some expertise in this arena, but I don't know at all. And so I'm always learning. I always take this posture of learning but I also know that I can't do it by myself. And so I show up with the humility that I need to link arms with other people who are also trying to do this work and, and network with people. So that's humility. Humanity, center the humanity of every person who comes into your path. So, you know, we just had an election and whether you voted Democrat or Republican, when that person from the quote unquote other side shows up in your space and has different opinions, instead of berating them or denigrating them, Center their humanity. Get curious about how they show up in that space. What's the story that caused them to believe what they do? The same thing translates to things about race. I think oftentimes we have stories that we tell about different racial groups. We have stories we tell about different genders. We have stories we tell about poor people and rich people. And if we could just center people's humanity and see every human being around us as having value equal to ours, imagine how the world would be different. And so I start with this premise that I don't know it all, humility. Then I try my best to center the humanity of every person who comes into my path. And then lastly, history. We all have a story. Every single one of us has a story. And some stories are more dramatic than others. 
but there's not any story that's more important than anyone else's story. And if we could just take the time to both share our stories and listen to the stories of others and then have some compassion, imagine how the world could change. And that's really how I show up in spaces right now to help people talk about this work. There's no um, guilt, shame, and blame. I don't believe in that. Um, I believe that we all have to take a posture of learning. And if we're going to become the United States of America, which we're not right now, we're not united in any way, it's going to require that we show up with the humility, that we center the humanity of all of us that call this place home, and that we realize we all have a story in this place we call the United States. Are you an education leader, the leader of an ed tech company, or a member of an organization supporting education? We continue to hear from leaders like you who have a story to tell, a message to share, or an important initiative that needs greater awareness. Three years ago, that's exactly what we heard from Doug Roberts, the CEO of the Institute for Education Innovation, when he approached SWPR Group. This led to the launch of a groundbreaking new award that was unlike any other in ed tech. The Soup's Choice Awards, judged exclusively by K-12 superintendents, set IEI on a path to market dominance, increasing vendor partners and superintendent members by more than 30% year over year. Jamie Candy, the CEO of Edmentum, shared with SWPR Group the EdTech company's desire to tell district success stories and to elevate the leaders behind their organization in a more thoughtful and strategic way. Throughout the past two years, SWPR Group has established consistent and regular media coverage, authored compelling op-eds, and secured interviews highlighting success stories while also inserting momentum into timely topics like AI with national reporters. At SWPR Group, we provide public relations, communication strategies, and thought leadership support for today's change makers and the brands they champion. We work together with our clients to bring their mission to life by consistently delivering high-quality content, creative communication strategies, and transformational results. What story do you want to tell? Reach out to us using the link in the show notes or visit our website at swpr-group.com. Wow, Aaron, you just nailed that. Okay, so humility, humanity, and history. That is really something that I'm going to start thinking about when I when I write and I do PR. And in that same vein, what do you suggest we think about when it comes to doing public relations outreach and promoting our clients and our organizations and being more inclusive? So I think I, I tell people I do racial equity work. And what I tell people, and this is the same for anyone who's doing whatever arena you're working in doing PR, you have to first know your own story. Why are you doing the PR work that you're doing for the people you're doing it for? So why are you in the arena you're in? I really believe if you're not clear about your why, when things get hard, you'll walk away. You'll step away. You won't be willing to do the hard work. So I think every good thing begins with being really clear about your why. So what is your personal story? How did you get into this work? What causes you to stay in this work? What have been the good moments and the bad moments? I really believe that um, every story has good, bad, and ugly to it. But we have to be willing to face our own story and to embrace our story, that we are here in this moment because of all the things that led up to this moment. So number one, know your own personal story and be able to articulate it well. Part of PR is being able to clearly communicate your story. 
your why story. Simon Sinek has a great TED Talk about that that I'm sure all of you have listened to. But I think your why is really important. Secondly, who are you serving? So in your PR, who are you trying to reach? Do you actually know those communities? Are you honest about who you're serving well, who you're not serving well, and then who are you not serving at all? Like they're absolutely invisible to you. There are these people out there that could be your clients, but you don't even know they exist. Do your work. Investigate. Be willing to interrogate your own practice and figure out, wow, who am I not serving well and why? Do I actually know their stories or am I assuming their story? It's possible you're not reaching them well because you don't actually know them well. You've never swapped stories. You, you know about them, but you don't actually know them. And so do your homework, but also get out into community and make sure that you have connections in that particular community. Whatever that community is, whether it's a racial group you don't know well, whether it's a language group. So let's say you're trying to reach the Latinx community, but you don't speak Spanish very well. Who could you connect to in that community who's bilingual, who could help you navigate that space and build a bridge to the community? Really important. And then lastly, I talk about systems and what are the systems that may be putting up barriers, maybe even in your own practice. Are you doing everything via email? Are you doing everything on Twitter? Maybe you're missing people because of the way that you do business or systems. There's a barrier for people. That particular community isn't on social media or they don't check their email regularly. They don't have access to Wi-Fi in the same way that other communities do. And so number one, you got to look at your own personal story. Be clear about your why. Be sure you can articulate that clearly. Number two, who are the communities you're trying to serve? Do you actually know those communities or do you just know about them? And then three, what are the policies and practices that may actually be creating barriers for people to connect to the great work that you're doing? What could you do to tear down the barriers and build new bridges? Okay, I'm furiously taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) And I rarely do that when I record episodes. This is awesome stuff. And I feel like you're speaking directly to me here. (laughs) (laughs) Even though we're talking to all of our listeners too. I mean, you are asking really powerful questions that I need to think about too, and how I'm marketing my, to my clients and my organization. So you are definitely making some points there. Thank you for (laughs) addressing that. Okay. So you mentioned all the things we need to think about our personal story and how we're communicating our story. And if there's any barriers that are up and how we can knock down those barriers to make sure we're reaching those audiences. Have you seen schools or organizations that are doing this well? Yeah, I I would say I worked for Tacoma Public Schools, which is kind of between the state capitol and Seattle here in Washington state. I worked for Tacoma Public Schools for most of my career, off and on. So I worked there as a teacher, then I came back as an administrator and have stayed connected to them doing work off and on for them. And I would say I really applaud their efforts. They do a really good job of using social media, of using both email and print. One of the really cool things they did during the summer was they reached out to those of us in community who have connection with students and asked, probably 20 of us, could you create short videos of encouragement for both teachers and students as we enter this very strange school year to connect us in the community with these young people? And I, the day that my video dropped online on their, um, their I don't know if it was on, I think they put it both on their website and on social media. I got so many messages from students and teachers who were like, Miss Erin, we saw you today. And so I think 
places that are using social media in addition to their regular website and really trying to connect to people, not just on business, but also, you know, the videos that we sent out had nothing to do with school exactly. It was inspirational, but that's what brings people back to their website is, okay, it's going to be more than business here. Yeah, we're going to get business done and we can find out the nitty gritty. But there's also these words of inspiration that are that are here too. And I think people need a why to come back to your website. And I see companies and organizations and government entities that are using their their website and their social media for more than just communicating information to also inspire, especially right now. I think that's really critical. Yeah. I agree with you. And I also think it's really powerful when school districts and school district leaders recognize that maybe thinking more like a private company right now and showcasing students and teachers almost like case studies and sharing those stories on social media as inspirational, positive stories of success can be really powerful because the negativity on social media towards school districts right now is through it's, the roof. It's big. It's real and it's big. Yeah. And so I think any opportunity to inspire and to tell the stories of students that are making it. And, and I think also in the context of schools, so for those of you doing PR for school spaces, telling the story of how people are overcoming some of the challenges of online learning is also really important. So mm-hmm. it's both inspiring and troubleshooting. Like, you know, here's what our family did, or here's what we did for this family that didn't have Wi-Fi. You know, we sent them hotspots, or we provided a computer. And just giving people that practical plus the inspirational right now, I think is really important. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. So we shared that um, that tidbit and that strategy. Are there any other practical steps my listeners can take to implement right away to begin to chip away at this problem and create meaningful change? Any other strategies you suggest, Erin? So I think, you know, when we're talking about equity, for me, because it's it's the world that I live in, it's also how do you leverage the community voices? So it doesn't always have to be people in your office sharing their voices. So if there's this community that you are not reaching well and you know it, build a relationship with that community and then let them use their voice on your platform. So engage them. So exactly like you're doing engage, create a, if you're doing a podcast, engage people from the community that you're not reaching typically well, Mm -hmm. and let them be your voice. If you're in a school space, you know, who are the parents that you're not reaching well, do a podcast or do a a Zoom call and, and let their voices be the ones that are giving advice to other parents who are struggling. I mean, there are ways I think that we can use our platforms to engage those, the very families or the clients that we're not engaging well, go out and, and use your leverage your platform to let their voices be heard. And I think that also sends a really clear message that you're willing to give up your space to other people who may not have a space of their own. I think that in itself sends a really powerful message and, and will also draw people from that community to your space. Yeah. I totally agree with that strategy. Good point, Erin. And then, you know, can I give another one too? um, I have um, an amazing friend who has his own business. And when I lost all of my work in the spring, because I'm a consultant, so all all of my work dried up within 48 hours. I went from having a really busy calendar to nothing on my calendar from March to June. I remember I went online and just started putting my stuff out there online for free. 
I went Facebook Live, Twitter Live, and then I started classes on Zoom for free for people. And folks watched me invest for free. And what ended up happening is I got tons of offers that were paid now to do work. So don't be afraid to put out some free work. If you do really good work, people will see that work and come around behind you and and invest in you. But the best thing happened in June. A friend of mine had been watching me do all this amazing work. And he said, you know what, Erin, I'm a white guy who wants to contribute to all this the stuff around race that's happening, the best thing I can, can do is invest in a black woman. And I'm watching you put out all this amazing work for free. He said, I have a videographer and a whole professional crew. Could we offer to for free put your work on video for you? And then we would use our platform to sell your work, but we want to reinvest that money in you. And so I want you to be thinking about if there's a, a community that you want to serve, that you want to invest in, and you have a platform already, why couldn't you? I mean, that was the greatest gift to receive from this gentleman during the time of Black Lives Matter. A lot of people were marching, but for me to have someone say, I'm going to invest my team in you and create these videos. And I ended up turning around and reinvesting that money into young people who were doing some pretty amazing um, advocacy work. But if you have a platform and you have technology and resources, Who are the communities that don't have access to resources? Could you leverage that? And here's what I'll tell you. That community will most likely be willing to help you then reach more members of the community. So don't do it to get from them. Do it to serve. But the result of service always is that people will want to come back and now serve alongside you. And so um, be willing to invest in your community in really unique ways like that. What do you have in your hand? What are you willing to give? How could you leverage that to benefit those around you who maybe don't have? Mm -hmm. Those are amazing examples. And I definitely agree with you about providing resources. That's how you can grow your organization, how you can become a leader, how people come to rely on you. That's something that I try to do too, but that's, that's good advice. And then I love that story about that man who invested in you. That's powerful, Aaron. Gift, such a gift. Mm -hmm. And he and I, he and I were friends before, but I would say now, we have become like community. He mm-hmm. checks on me. He and his wife check on me all the time. I, I mean, I had done a little bit of work for them, but now we do work um, almost on a weekly basis now. And it all began with me sewing out into community from what I had and then him choosing to reinvest in me. And now, now we are investing in one another. That's how it works. That's powerful stuff. And if you had one final piece of advice to share with us, how can we be more inclusive in our work? and in our personal lives? So I think the most important thing, if I have learned nothing in the last really four months of heavy campaign season, um, I ran for office in 2016. So, um, and I ran statewide. So all of the big races, I know what it's like to run for office, but I also probably pay attention to the big races more than most people because I've I've walked through that. And so watching the presidential campaign and that whole election process. If there's anything that I have become aware of over the last four months, it's that we are more divided as a country than ever. My two boys are at home now because college is online. Here's what one of my boys said. My youngest son, who's in grad school at USC, said, Mom, man, if we don't cross this divide and build relationship with people who we see as other, I don't know that we have hope for this country. 
And so what I would say to each of you out there in your business, look at who your friend circle is. Look at who your social media friend circle is. If they all look like you, you need to expand your circle. And right now, obviously, we're in the middle of COVID, so you can't just go hang out with other people. But I want you to start with, if your friend circle, 70% of white people do not have a black or brown friend. And I, I'm talking about somebody that you've had a meal with in their home, you've invited them to your home, that kind of friend, 70% of white people. And so what that means is most white people have built their ideas about black and brown and native people based on social media and television. And, and that's not reality. And so the best way you can be inclusive is to extend and expand your friend circle, extend and expand who you're listening to and watching what podcasts you're listening to here, following on Twitter. And I want to really challenge you. And I do this for myself. So my social media, I have super conservative, right-wing Christian to left liberal atheist. Um, I have Muslim and Christian, atheist, agnostic, black, white, native on my social media. And I'm very intentional about that because if I don't have any skin in the game, if I'm not listening to the stories from actual people, I will base what I believe on media, which is not designed to tell the truth about people's stories and histories. And so the greatest gift you can give to our world, I believe, is to both tell your story and to listen to stories of people who live in a very different way from you. And that will change everything. Yeah. Wow. And your son has some very good advice for all of us, and we should really think about that. So thank you, Erin. Where can my audience learn more about you and your organization? So I am, what's ironic is I don't even have a website and that's intentional. I got mm -hmm. into this consulting business about four years ago when I lost my election by one point. <laughs> um, and I made the decision, I will only take work that comes to me. I'm on Facebook, Aaron Jones 2016 or Aaron Jones LLC. I'm on Instagram. Aaron in 2016. I'm on Twitter, Aaron Jones in 2016. And then um, I'm on LinkedIn just as Aaron Jones. And social media is really where I am trying to leave my mark. And people come to me there, they send me private messages there. And that's how all my work gets to me. Wonderful. Okay. Well, I am so grateful for the chance to chat with you today, Aaron. I think this is, it's inspired me to really think differently. And I'm so grateful for your time. And I think it will help all of our listeners as well. So I truly appreciate it. And I hope you'll come back and chat with me again soon. Sounds great. This is fun. <laughs> Thanks, Erin. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and write us a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you choose to listen to. We will be back with another episode of Build Momentum next week. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a great one. Bye.